Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsessions. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guests are actors Laura Donnelly and Anne Skelly, who star in the HBO Max series, The Nevers. It takes place in Victoria, London, after a supernatural event gives certain people, mostly women, abnormal abilities. I should note that this interview was recorded at the beginning of April over the internet, so please forgive any audio weirdness. Also, before we jump in, I want to give our I'm So Obsessed producer and editor extraordinaire, Josh Mobley, a fond farewell. This is his last episode with us, and Josh, on behalf of the entire ISO team, I want to wish you nothing short of a bright future. Laura and Anne, welcome to the podcast. And let's start with the basics. What is The Nevers about? And Laura, who do you play? So I play Amalia True. And The Nevers is a, about a, uh, a group of uh, women, mostly, not all women, but mostly women in the Victorian age in London. And they, due to uh, an unexplained event, have uh, found themselves to have unusual abilities. And they, I wouldn't quite say that they're superpowers. Some of them are completely useless. <laughs> Some of them resemble superpowers. And uh, they, they have to group together and really find a way not only to survive and hopefully thrive in, in, in their community, but also they have a, a mission of sorts that they kind of have to spend this certainly this first half a season figuring out exactly what that is and 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 Amalia is the she's been given the role uh, uh, of leader of the touched as they are known in the society and um, she's perhaps a reluctant leader but she <laughs> has gathered them all there together to try and keep them safe and to try and complete this mission. Excellent. And Anne, who do you play in this uh, this wonderful world? I play Penance Adair, who is Malia's best friend. She's an Irish woman in London and she's a genius inventor. And she's probably one of the few of the touched who actually does really love her turn um, uh, or the ability or power, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, she's she's uh, that, that's that's her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I saw the first episode. I think that is a very fitting description. You've been in the show, so you would know better than me. But um, I think what's, I, what draws, draws me to it is it, it does have elements of superhero stuff. It has sci-fi stuff. Uh, it's also just amazing to see so many talented women on the screen and getting to play these roles and these complex characters. But then on the other flip side, it's also a period piece. So um, there's just so much to peel back. What was your first reaction, Laura, when you were told the premise of the show? I, I got told everything. I got told all the spoilers on my very it's first Definitely meeting. not a Marvel piece. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I don't know why I was trusted with that particular information. Although, in fairness, our entire process in filming the first episodes was a very open one. I mean, there, there weren't many secrets kept from any of us, which is, which is such a, a, a lovely and unusual situation for actors to find themselves in. Normally, we can be... Um, discouraged from asking too many questions and we're not trusted with a lot of information. Um, but yeah, so, so I got, I got it all. And, and I just, what struck me was just the sheer scale of it and the, 
you know, the, the, the size of this newly built world, but all the ambition of setting it in the Victorian period of having this huge, wonderful ensemble of characters and uh, to, to, to tell this, this story that very much resonates with uh, society as we know it today and so many of the issues that we're grappling with at the moment to do with um, equality and power and what happens to people who didn't have power and now suddenly have it and, and how the establishment, how, the, how the, the established power of society deals with that, um, which of course is not well. Um, <laughs> so the fact that it did have the connections with, with our current day situations is what really attracted me to it. You know, it's the humanity of it. I wouldn't necessarily as an actor be immediately drawn to things that are more in the sci-fi realm. Uh, but as soon as you add that element of uh, we are trying to understand human connection and just the human condition, that's what really attracted me to it. So I just loved that it had all of those crazy elements and the fight scenes and everything else. But at the heart of the at the heart of it really is it's about human connection. Um, and so your character is a inventor, creator, and we see some, uh, I, I want to call them gadgets, but it feels a little like a slight calling them that, but there's some cool things she makes. I'm wondering, curious, have you ever had an idea for an invention that you've wanted to make? Well, this is the funny thing. Someone's, <laughs> someone's <laughs> asked me about my, like, oh, if you actually could invent something, what would it be? Or if you were from the past and you could take something back from the present day what would it be and it's all been quite lame um, I'm kind of astonished at my own lack of creativity and inventiveness um, <laughs> like what are some of the lame things because I feel like some of those are the things toaster, that we all invent a toaster Patrick <laughs> yes I, I've, I've thought of a toaster I've thought of um, I, I said once someone said oh if you could invent something what would it be and I said uh, oh like a book but um, like if you could see it at the same time and hear it like if you could watch something at the same time as you're like hearing like listen to a book or something and now oh no that's just films isn't it that's just tv and films um, <laughs> that's where I'm at I mean I'd love to come up with something now what would it be like um oh gosh I don't know oh 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 no oh no I can't think of anything maybe something cool like if there was a way of like being able to put like inject a little microchip in your head where you could like know like uh, martial arts right away like kind of like what Laura did for the Nevers actually if I think about it <laughs> I think I just want to be a different person well now we we're joking a little bit about what you would invent but how how did you approach your character and how did you get into that mindset especially balancing being in the Victorian times but also having this her being a genius kind of uh there's that character type in the comic books we see a lot the genius like inventor yeah well i mean the thing about it being victorian times um like you do kind of have to do a little bit of research to try fall in line with the customs and the um the way the culture was back then um and not be super offended by it sometimes but um <laughs> i i mean yeah but there's a lot of uh, really interesting like essays and uh, audiobooks and podcasts and things like that um 
out there about Victorian times. So it it was quite fun to research whatever I did. I think I read a bit of um uh Nikola Tesla's uh uh I think autobiography. I have it there. I I uh I bought these books from Amazon. These like my little oh, I shouldn't have plugged that company, but um uh my little engineer's first uh activity book you know a lot of these children's books with the where you open a little flap and you see the little surprise and things like that because I just needed some kind of basic understanding of physics and wiring and like I don't know circuits things like that and and trying to understand how like motion and, and cause and effect and energy and things like that work so yeah I started off very very basic things and little quotes from Einstein and stuff like that helps like just how their perspective on the world was and how it's actually comes down a lot to imagination and creativity but that they're also able to yeah I, was, I, I think I was tr- trying to be able to see the world from a genius's perspective which is a bit of a reach shall we say <laughs> Amalia can fight. She uh, throws down so well. But it dawned on me watching the film that when we see some like a superhero film, the characters usually have like a bodysuit or even like a CGI suit that gets added later. But you're dressed in like full like Victorian garb. How did that influence your her fighting style and the way you approach the fights? Uh, it, uh, it didn't so much influence it as just hindered it. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly the long skirts anyway did, uh, surprisingly not the corset, actually the corset I found rather helpful for the fighting because it really helps with posture and especially visually, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're learning fights for screen, so much of it, of course, is to do with the way it, it looks and posture wise I I hadn't realized how that important that was until my stunt team showed me early videos of myself learning the fights and I could see that I just didn't look anywhere near as sharp as I thought I did in my head and of course it really helped with that because it keeps everything very sharp and very straight um but yeah the skirts are a nightmare um Amalia deals with that mostly by getting rid of them as quickly as she can <laughs> um, through, through various means um and later on we did a few kind of costume adaptations some some of which are a costume choice for the screen like in episode six there's a there's a bit of uh there's a bit of adapting the costume to to prepare for uh, Amalia knowing that she's going into a fight um, and then, of course, sometimes it was just trickery, like just taking a few inches off the skirts for specific fight scenes. But yeah, it's 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 not it's not the easiest trying to get up off the floor in a in a flash in a very long skirt. Now, you talked earlier, Laura, about um, just the parallels between the show and, and current day and, and especially a power struggle. And one scene that really stuck out to me in the first episode is the there's a scene in the lobby of the opera. And it, both of you are there and there's a, a few characters there, including a character named Lord Masson, who calls you, a, calls um, Amalia afflicted. And then your character corrects him, says, touched, I'm touched, not afflicted. And he says, perhaps some women are more fortunate in their ailment than others. And your character replies, 
more suffer from society's perception than their own dehabilitation. I'm curious, two things. One, how did you approach that scene? And um, maybe both of you could speak to the second part. Why is that so significant to these two characters in the show? In terms of the approach uh, to the scene, it was it was a fascinating one to to film actually because the idea was that um, we wanted it to begin as very separate conversations between a bunch of people and that and that they could be uh, viewed from afar not far but the camera would be further out um, so that it didn't it just seemed like a very cordial conversation among people who don't know each other very well but by the end of the scene the cameras would have really come in so much more and just you know show the tension that was existing in those moments and that that really got to the crux of the issue um in terms of the the power struggle and the struggle that the touched have in this society to um they don't just want to make themselves heard they it's simpler than that they just want to be allowed to exist um, and not be seen as inferior or or even dangerous. And so, especially at at the beginning of the show through episode one, um, and really one to four, it's it it is so much about their survival, just their basic survival. So she's having to find the different ways of communicating what the touched are going to need in that society, depending on who it is that she's confronted with in any given moment. You know, she'd probably love to just kick Matt into the ground, but she can't. And uh, she's, she's beginning to learn for herself how those, how those systems and those politics work. Yeah, and I, I think like in terms of like ailment, you know, when someone labels you as a, um, you know, and you have this ailment, you're, um, uh, what, what was the word that Masson used? Afflicted, you know, Afflicted, using yeah. these, Terms and wording are really important when um, uh, talking about someone else's place in the world and their identity. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, these conversations we're having about like uh, uh, not not able-bodied actors or what, what would you call it? Um, here's me not knowing the wording, but like the, when the world has never been made for you it's trying to tell you that you're the wrong thing, that you're the you're the one who needs to change or to be submissive or to shut up or head down. When the case is that the world should be uh, make allowances for every kind of person to exist and to function at their very best. And um, I think there's something in that. It just it just reminded me there of of that kind of conversation of um, you know identity and also like place in the world and 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 I just found it spoke a bit to that side just that duality of her too that there is a part of her that really is kind of what we would expect maybe a woman would act like back then in that status but then there's outside it's like dude she just made a trike come out of a carriage you know it's like you can be as good as at your job or as talented as you like or as smart you know genius in the world but like you know class and stuff like that is 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 embarrassing it's kind of designed to embarrass you know you to put you back in your place no matter your um worth or value or um genius in this case with penance and I think that's what she's very much feeling is is that kind of I shouldn't be here but why shouldn't she you know in that kind of way when it's 
she's got her marvelous ability and her talent and her her brain and it's her being you know an Irish immigrant and her being a woman and her being of working class um in in origin that that makes her feel totally displaced in this amazing room with these very intelligent people um so yeah that 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 is a actually very interesting in that scene Okay, so uh, Joss Whedon produced the show, wrote episodes, and even directed a few. And then after sh- shooting, he uh, he left the show. And Philippa Goslett, is that how I say her name? Philippa Goslett? Philippa Goslett. Philippa Goslett. Oh, there, yeah, you guys say it much better than I do. Uh, Philippa Goslett took over. What was it like working with Joss? And then what's it like having uh, Philippa take over? Uh, I mean, my experience with Joss was great. He, he was uh, a very supportive collaborative director and and overall you know I think as a cast and as a crew we had a a really really brilliant time shooting this show I mean we're all in agreement that it it was one of the most fun shoots that any of us have ever been a part of and uh, you know now talking to to Philippa but uh, and she's been talking us through her plans for the next six episodes and the character arcs and you know I, I love the stuff that she's she's telling us she has some really uh, interesting ideas you know I'll I'll be interested to see what what of her uh, take on it filtered in um, but I think one of the things that I'm most excited about with Philippa is just having a woman leading this you know given that it is a story based around uh, around women and and so much of of that I mean yes they're extraordinary women with you know with unusual abilities but so much of the stuff that they're dealing with is to do with just women's issues full stop and I think that Philippa has an amazing handle on that you know I've discussed I know she's done actually a, a lot of work um to do with equality and um and lots of the issues that are being dealt with she's uh she's she's politically very active and so I think that that's all really going to come into her writing and I'm really excited to see how yeah as a similar experience with with me but Joss I we all had a brilliant work relationship and the whole set really functioned in this uh, very cohesive and whole way is the best way I think I can describe it which is really odd because coming to the set I found it quite intimidating because there's all these incredible established actors and you know it's my first time working in London and it's this HBO massive scale uh, show so it, it was odd how comfortable I felt there, which um, I didn't really expect at all. But um, yeah, and, and I think Philippa, hopefully, yeah, she already is, is <laughs> hopefully, um, is continuing on just um, that love, <laughs> in that lovely um, feeling and, and that transparency in, that we've felt in, for, since episode one from the top down and uh, we still have a lot of our crew coming back which I think says a lot um, because you know crew they can go on to other jobs and they've turned down incredible jobs and opportunities in order to meet us back in episode 7 to 12 and finish the season with us which really means a lot because you know with covid and everything this mad past year um it, it it'll really mean a lot to come back to a set and see those familiar faces and get to feel like you know there's a change of leadership for sure but to feel you know like we're back at it again you know we're back in business and it's 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 really 
really yeah it's lovely to get to go back to like slipping into a warm bath <laughs> so do you need to take a bath is what you're trying to tell us then <laughs> well, well yeah, me... you can't smell me because this is <laughs> thank god uh no um but seriously and uh do you remember your first day of shooting like what it was and what was going through your mind yeah, we shot the scene in Penance's workshop, which um, I remember the first time I saw Penance's workshop. It's the biggest set, or it was the biggest set um, in our studios. And I couldn't believe it. It was just like, uh, you know, four walled room with the ceiling, even. It was just, it was incredible. So I could just see into Penance's world right away. And then, um, so we were, there was about, God, five or six of us filming there. And it was the first time we all worked together and I'd never shot a scene with so many people in it at the one time before. Um, and it was just bonkers because we were all trying to figure out how we all related to each other all in that moment and have like an entire history um, in this one scene, this one conversation. And, um, you know, in fact, like the entire pilot we shot has been like in my head, it's kind of like, um, you know Christopher Nolan movies where he's remembering the dead wife it's like this sunny <laughs> hazy romantic um, time and uh, yeah that, so that, that all ties in <laughs> but you didn't have any person. tattoos on your arms to remind you who you were <laughs> I had no tattoos yeah that was one of the <laughs> but I did shatter into a million pieces So the name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. Laura, what are you currently obsessed with? I am really, really obsessed with getting as much sleep as I possibly can. Let's <laughs> like a theme. We got sleep on one hand, bath and soup on the other. And what about you? What's your, what's your, what are you so obsessed with right now? What am I so obsessed with right now? I would say Avatar, The Last Airbender. I've always been obsessed with it, but. It's been a real comfort lately. I just keep watching it over and over and over on repeat every time I finish it. It's my favorite thing. You you talked a little bit about getting to know each other. And there's such a chemistry on screen. And I know I've talked to actors before. And sometimes it's just there. Other times it's not. Sometimes you don't have to do anything. It just seems like it's there. But I'm curious, is there anything you guys did to develop the chemistry between the two of you and even your characters off screen that that kind of informs what we see on screen? Besides, for me, besides desperately needing Laura to be my friend, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's the chemistry you're talking about, like my pleading with my eyes, love me. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know, I, we had a chemistry test and I feel like we walked into uh, the room and, and just like, we're like, hey, we're Irish. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that done. Exactly. Um, so, I, yeah, well, Laura's, I feel like just the coolest gal on earth and she's just so funny and cool and smart and I just creep into her trailer and she plays Rufus Wainwright to me and mm. um you know and I see what snack she has that day it's it's, <laughs> it's very easy hey, you guys filmed this before COVID and then you guys had to stop because of COVID is that correct well yeah we, we, we returned for uh, an episode and a half Half of episode five and all of episode six got shot during COVID once the studios were allowed to open up under very, you know, restricted rules. Um, and so there was no more Anne Skelly sneaking into my trailer. <laughs> Not without full no PPE anyway. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we had to have conversations through walls after that. But, but I just also think that we were both 
like there's 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 a there's a definite similarity between us and our characters and the relationship between Amalia and Penn is the relationship between the two of us and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that we were suddenly both on this like massive HBO show feeling like these two little Irish girls and what on earth were we doing here and how on earth were we going to handle it and so so there was a bit of you know the same feeling as I as I can imagine that Penance and Valia have in that moment of like, okay, well, it's us, and we don't really know what we're doing, but I guess we better just get started and see where it goes. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, the the bonding was fast, and um, oh, I mean, I've I've had the the best time working with Anne. You know, we we did get very close very quickly, and and I think you know, it's just there's there's now just an innate trust between us. We both like my favorite days filming are always the one the scenes that I get to do with Anne and so far there just haven't been enough of them we both said to Philippa as well we're just like, please more more scenes together and she has promised us there will be lots more together um and uh yeah it, it was it was very natural and we've just had a hell of a lot of laughs between us I think offset and that's that's, that's the crux of it really <laughs> Well, and for those who don't know about the Nevers, I think for me the trailer just like, oh my goodness, we gotta see the show. We gotta interview these these lovely people. But for those people who don't know about the Nevers, or maybe who are just on fence on the fence about watching it or committing time to a new show, what would you tell them that would be the appeal for them to watch? I would say total like escapism. It's a really detailed world that you can get lost in. And that's kind of what I'm looking for at the moment. And it's not too heavy in a way that you'll be, you know, crying at every episode. It's, it's, you know, there are light moments and there's very funny and lovable characters in it. There's so many brilliant performances mm-hmm. as well. That That's the one thing I think that really uh, is a standout in, in the show besides everything else to do with the genre and the scale and the vividness of the world. I think the characters and the performances are really, really quite exceptional. Um, not including myself in that, dare I say. But, uh, yeah. Being a genius, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it, you stole my answer. I mean, I was, I was literally going to say the same. I mean, to me, well, the reason that I watch most of the shows that I watch is for performances. Um, and and I really do think that this cast is extraordinary. You know, there are so many characters to get to know. And obviously in, in the space of these six episodes, we, we, we're only just beginning to get to know some of them. You know, those storylines are only just beginning to be fleshed out. Uh, and there's so much more to come from them. But one of the, the brilliant bits is that we had a, a natural, the end of six was a very natural place to break actually. So that even though we have been cut short by the pandemic, there's a lot of the story that is really beautifully and rather neatly wrapped up. And the answers that you've been kind of craving for through those whole first ep- six episodes, they do, they do come. And so you won't be left feeling like you've been just like chopped halfway through a season it's it it does uh it does deliver in that sense yeah satisfying it's like a good soup (laughs) 
<laughs> or a warm bath that you might warm bath. I think you're also trying to say you're hungry now, Anne. <laughs> you're hungry and you need to take a bath. <laughs> yeah, it's like I need a bath. Give me Jack Daniels and Coke. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like quite the evening, ladies. I'm not going to lie. Um, I know you've probably been asked the, uh, the question, like, if you were touched, what ability would you want to have? But I'm going to spin it a different way. If you were touched, and I realize out of context, it sounds a little weird. But if you were touched, what ability would you not want to have? I think I would not like to time travel. Really? I think that that's one of those ones that like everybody would want to do it. And I don't think I would. I think there's there's something that is to me like life is about living in the present. If you've got the ability to go whizzing off into different areas, you'll do that and you'll never actually live a whole life. I prefer that nearly. That's actually my favorite. That would be my favorite turn to have is time travel. But I would actually hate, I would not want immortality. Oh, yeah. Because it would just be seeing everyone you ever loved die. (laughs) And you would just live with that forever. And there would be no point to life anymore. And you could just have breakfast every morning, like, or sorry, I meant cereal for every meal. And like, (laughs) not be that worried and and then it would begin to lose the danger that cereal can bring um you know good sugary <laughs> cereal you know i i like to <laughs> um uh, yeah I would, I would say immortality that would be horrible because as well have you ever seen misfits mm-hmm. because yeah i won't spoil anything but you can live on forever in a way that you would not want to be alive anymore so is this quite grim should I? Yeah, we've got we've got very philosophical in our not wanting our and I also wouldn't want Lucy's turn. I wouldn't want to break things with my bare hands. I just I just don't I don't think that's gonna be helpful. And her story's really, really sad. Okay, so we like to wrap up a thing called pick one. I give you a couple choices and you pick one of them. It doesn't mean one is better than the other um, and we're gonna jump into it. So Laura, pick one, theater, film, or TV. What would you pick? Theater. <gasps> I knew this uh, and I wanna go deeper, but we don't have time. So Anne, I'm gonna jump onto you. Anne, pick one, Vikings or Little Women? Oh God. Um, <laughs> Not a fair one. But... Little Women. <laughs> cool, and then Laura, jumping back to you, Merlin, or Beowulf Return of the Shieldlands. Merlin every day. Okay, and the last one, and this could be contentious here, Dublin or Belfast? <gasps> Dublin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, we're going we're gonna to end there, right? Uh, before we end up, I want to give both of you an opportunity. Is there anything you want to go back to clarify or bring up that we did not get to mention? I don't. I'm not dating Brad Pitt. I just want those rumors to end. <laughs> I know, my goodness. Oh. Neither is Laura. Man. No, neither am I. No, I think that, that'll be the headline of our article. For this. They say they're not dating Brad Pitt. No. Denied. Denied again, Brad. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Lauren Ann, for being on our podcast. And I'm just so excited for everyone to see the Nevers. Oh, thanks so much. Thank Lovely you. chat. This has been one of my favorite interviews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to thank Laura and Ann for chatting with me. And I want to thank you for listening. You can watch The Nevers on HBO Max with new episodes airing Sunday nights. 
please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.